Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, the infamous Mr. T.Y., and this is the Project Recap Podcast. What you gonna do, brother? Welcome, welcome, ladies and gents. It is I, yours truly, the one and only Mr. T.Y. We are here. Another week, another episode, season three, episode three, Wild Wild West. We are here to talk about quite a few things, especially throughout the quick recap. And then we're going to talk about the Celtics continuing to piss me off. Um, Had a rough week last week, or at least since the last episode of the podcast. Um, How do I feel about the Utah Jazz, their recent success and Will it hold up in the playoffs, especially against LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers? And then we'll we'll quickly touch up on my MVP watch. So go ahead and get right into it. If you haven't already, definitely come over to CampIslandStudios.com for all of your latest content from Camp Island Studios. Follow me on Twitter. Subscribe to me on Twitch and YouTube. Instagram, follow me there. Um, just so you stay up to date with what's going on. So let's go ahead and get right into it. We're going to start off with the quick, re- the quick recap, of course. First up, the Cleveland Cavaliers are planning to send Andre Drummond to at least the 25th of March, which is the NBA trade deadline. I've heard from this or during this early hours of the morning, Shams had put out a tweet saying that the Toronto Raptors are in talks with um, Cleveland about possibly trading him to Toronto, or I call them the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Raptors. Boy, I can't talk to, today. I can't get my thoughts out. I don't know why. Maybe it's the gas. But anyway, so... My question is with Toronto, we'll keep this brief. My question with Toronto is, what are you going to give up to get Andre Drummond? Because to my knowledge, Cleveland does not plan on buying him out like Brooklyn or Dallas wants them to, so they can get him um, a little bit easier, I guess, on a cheaper deal. Because at that point, I think you may have to sign him to a new contract. That I have not looked into when it comes to buyouts, not too informed with how the buyout process works and what that could lead to. But Toronto is the only team that I've heard that is in talks with um with Cleveland about possibly trading for Andre Drummond I think the Celtics need to be in that conversation too um just seeing what we're struggling with but then again I don't know if he'll necessarily help a lot of our issues we'll talk about that here shortly up next Blake Griffin is also going to sit out as Detroit and Blake are planning to come to some kind of agreement as they figure out what his future in Detroit will look like will he be a part of their long-term future or are they going to trade him I don't think he'll be getting traded because I simply don't think he's worth his contract. He's on a two-year, uh, $75 million deal for the next or for the remainder of his contract. He's making $75 million over two years, and that's about $37 a year, um, $37 million a year. So I don't know, especially with his output, with what he can do on the court. Is that really worth all that much money? Would you trade for him? Because I sure as hell wouldn't. I don't think anybody would want to trade for him. I don't know if they could... Again, I'm not too informed. I'm not too educated on the buyout process. This is something I'll do and get a little bit more educated on before next week's episode. But maybe Detroit and Blake can come to some kind of buyout agreement. I don't know if that's an option. I don't know if it's likely. Just putting it out there because I don't think Blake has much trade value for where his current performance stands and how much his contract is worth. So we'll see how that unfolds. John Wall also is returning to Washington tonight, or I won't say returning to Washington, but he's playing against his old team as Houston will be hosting 
the Washington Wizards here tonight on NBA TV at 7 p.m. I, I think I may check that game out just because of the the storyline, if you will, with the whole, you know, John Wall playing for Washington, getting traded, all that good stuff. So I may check it out. I'm more interested in seeing the Utah and Philly game tonight and a few other games, but I may check that game out here tonight too. Um, for those that don't know, Anthony Davis aggravated his, I don't know if I'm going to say this correctly, this, this word, but tendinosis in his right Achilles um, playing against Denver. He bumped legs with... I think Nicola on a, on a drive at the elbow, bump, bump legs, kind of hit him in the upper thigh area. I didn't know that that could fuck up your Achilles hitting him up that high, but seeing how the body works and how muscles work, it don't seem too far-fetched. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. Don't plan to be. I'm not going to act like one. But moving on. Um, in that game, of course, the Lakers ended up losing to Denver ending their seven-game streak. Um, hopefully we'll find out more about Anthony Davis and his condition as he's getting his MRI, MRI today on February 15th, which of course is Monday. So we'll hopefully find out something before the day is over. And if we do, of course, we'll, we'll try to try to update everybody on that on our socials project recap on Instagram, the recap project on Twitter. Also, U season three is supposedly, supposedly, take this with a pinch of salt, supposedly is coming in November of 2021. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm hoping it comes out by the summer. I know the pandemic has really fucked up a lot of what's supposed to have come out when it comes to TV shows and movies, especially like Atlanta season three. So wait on that. Uh, but supposedly season three to you, the show on Netflix, if you haven't already seen it, you need to go see it, especially season two. Season two is the reason why I'm fiending for that season three. Like, I want to know what the fuck is finna go down. Um, but definitely go check that out if you haven't already. Again, season three supposedly is coming from uh, or coming from Netflix, November 2021. I got this information from a Twitter. I want to say it's a Netflix fan page account. But the Netflix official account retweeted it and had commented on it, didn't deny it or anything. But they were more, I think they were more, the tweet that they put out in, in, rep in response to that tweet was more so about the graphic. Like they love fan art or some shit, but they didn't deny that it wasn't coming or if it was coming in November. So we'll have to wait and see. Again, take that with a pinch of salt until we get some concrete confirmation. Also coming in Netflix, they are putting out the... Netflix is planning to put out the, the 500th Biggie documentary. I mean, my bad. I'm just, me personally, I'm just tired of people milking what happened to Biggie as far as, uh, you know, his death and all that. Like, it's been so many shows and movies that have come out from that. It's kind of, it's kind of getting played out. Like, we, I think notorious the movie was enough as far as like diving into the whole biggie story but then again netflix I'll, I'll take that back netflix does have an interesting way of you know doing documentaries so they may have some 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 different shit i'll definitely look and watch it when it comes out i think it's coming out march 1st i'm just tired of people making biggie documentaries and movies and stuff it's like bruh no disrespect he died in 97. There's been many other artists that have come after him that could get a documentary or a movie or something like, I don't know, fuck it. Do a Michael Jackson documentary or movie. Like, I want to see what, what's, what's up with Mike. You know what I'm saying? Like, just use him as an example. I don't know what Hollywood is keen on just, just 
Biggie movies, Biggie documentaries, Biggie TV shows. Like they did the whole trying to uncover his his murder and figure out what happened. Like that was a TV show. Like bro, just let it go. Like L.I.G. it, Reggie. So up next, Donald Trump went back to back and was acquitted in his second impeachment trial. So keep it moving. No comment on that. Uh, the second trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong was also released. I haven't seen it yet. I saw um, a snippet of it, but I haven't seen the entire trailer. Definitely go check that out. Kenan Thompson also is getting his own show on NBC. And if some of you didn't know, he is, of course, a part of SNL or Saturday Night Live. It has been for 18 straight seasons. He was recently asked when is he planning to retire, kind of, you know, his, his plans revolving around retiring. If I interpreted the interview correctly, he's looking to hit 20 seasons before he moves on from SNL, and then maybe he'll just focus on his show on NBC, giving him more time to spend with his family. But shout out to Kenan Thompson. I just felt felt like to incorporate that information for a few few reasons. I can't get my words out today. I feel like I'm I don't know. We'll keep it going. But had to incorporate that with Keenan just because he was one of my my favorite actors growing up as a child, and it's Black History Month, man. He's he's Another black man doing great things. So I gotta let it be known. Um, also coming, I don't know why this is coming, but Paranormal Activity has a seventh movie. I don't I don't know why. Again, I don't know, I don't know why. There's a seventh movie coming. I don't know when it's coming. There's no date. I didn't find a date or anything, but between Paranormal Activity and Fast and Furious, they just don't know when to quit. And last but not least on a quick recap, I just felt like to add this in just because I found this out yesterday, but um, there's a new long-term movie that came out. Didn't know that. Didn't know that at all. Um, I watched it. I definitely gave it a shot. And man, that was, that's two hours I wish I had back. I don't know if y'all have ever seen long-term, at least the first movie that came out in 03. I can't blame you if you don't even know that there were five other movies after that not even including the movie that came out this year i've seen them all like i've seen all seven of them and yeah it gets bad it gets bad after the second one it gets real you can tell the budget <laughs> dropped with the with three through six but seven seven was pointless or i should say the reboot that they did this year could have just not been done it strayed away from the original story it was the worst out of all seven to me because it just did not feel like a wrong turn movie but if y'all are interested in wrong turn the movies or whatever definitely go check out the new one give it your own spin or whatever give it a try i personally thought it was horrible just should have never happened moving on into our main topics we are going to start with the worst team in the nba today the boston celtics we're going to talk about just how badly they have played since the last episode of project recap so in the last week they have played like i said piss poor just no effort just dropping games just not trying like whether it be on defense or on offense trying to score taking smart shots i feel like we just haven't been doing any of that in the last week the celtics have gone one and four um, the only win came against Toronto or the Tampa Bay Raptors, which I'm glad we beat them because I don't fuck with them, mostly because of Kyle Lowry. Um, I'm glad we were able to beat them. If we would have gone 0-5, of course, losing to them, I'd be even more upset because that means we would have lost to those guys. But 
Even still, after that, we finished 13 and 13 for the season below or right at the 500 line. But I keep wanting to say below 500, but fifth in the East currently. I don't even feel like we're the fifth in the East. Give our playoff spot to somebody else. We need to be bottom of the East right about now. Um, give our playoff spot to Detroit or Washington or somebody. We don't deserve it. I mean, hell, Charlotte is right behind us about to take the fifth seed. I mean, what the fuck is going on? Um, Lost to Phoenix, lost to Utah, lost to Detroit and Washington in the past week. In those four losses, we averaged 98 points in those four losses, which if you take that and rank us based on the rest of the, of the league, we'd be dead last in points per game. Um, for the season, we averaged 110, which puts us at 22nd, which is the, the bottom third of the league, which translates to trash. Um, and during those four games where we we averaged those 98 points, 62 of those points came from Jason, Jalen, and Kimba, meaning our bench only gave us around 26 points. So, obviously, what I'm getting at is lack of bench production has been a big problem in the past week. I mean, the entire season. Even though I'm, I'm, I'm focusing specifically on the last week, our bench has been asked all year long. All year long. Um, currently, our bench averages 27, 26, or I should say, they average during that week, of course, like I said, 26, 27 points. We average around 32 points for the season um, when it comes to points from our bench, which is 28th in the league, which is, to me, just ass like bro we're almost dead last in, in points from our bench no contributions at all if it's if it's anything it's because we probably slid say for example we had a game i think it was against phoenix where daniel tice went to the bench he put up like 10 or 12 i think um peyton pritchard gave us about 10 and then i think jeff teague even gave us some in that phoenix game i think the only way our bench have, gives us any points at least on paper is if again if you move a starter to the to the bench in that situation where they started um kimba carson i think jalen jason and tristan if i'm not mistaken i need to go back and look but our bench is ass if if you if you really want to keep it simple our bench is just fucking horrible like there's no there's nothing we get nothing from our bench i think there was one game where in those four games that we lost that I think maybe three or four of our bench players only had a field goal or two. I think that may have been actually actually yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. I think that may have been yesterday. So, and speaking of yesterday, I do want to dive into that a little bit too because yesterday when I watched us play against Washington, we just do not try in the fourth, like, at all. Years before, it used to be where the Celtics would struggle in the in the second quarter sometimes i think that was like a that was definitely when it was on the team and then last year and maybe a year or two before that too we was a we struggled big time in the third quarters but this year fourth quarter we are garbage we can't close we 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 keep it close through those first three quarters and then shit the bed in the fourth quarter every i feel like that's been every game that i've watched this year at least in the losses even in, in games we win we let teams come back in the fourth and it's too close, it's, it's closer than what it should have been based on the first three quarters and how they played out. Um, but even, even speaking more on that, as far as our fourth quarter performances, we're currently 25th in the league for points in the fourth quarter. We averaged 26 points in the fourth, in the four losses from last week. And that's around our average. 
And again, our worst game in the fourth was against Washington, where only six players in the fourth quarter, six Boston Celtics players that are getting paid good bread, good guala, only had a single field goal. Those players included Jason, Jalen, Shimmy, Aaron Neesmith, Carson Edwards, and Taco Fall. Carson and Taco only played five minutes all game, and it came in the fourth. That I mean, I understand you only get a field goal in the only five minutes you play, which happened to be in the fourth. But let's talk about Shimmy and Aaron Neesmith. They both played nearly 30 minutes on Sunday. 30 minutes. They finished with a single field goal for the entire game. That's what I'm talking about. No contributions outside of Jason and Jalen. Kemba had a good game yesterday. His best game, other than his game against Cleveland, because, and that was a good game too. We had about a three game losing streak leading to that game against Cleveland, including the blowout against New York. Kemba had a great game. And I'm, the reason why I'm saying great is because it's the best game he's had all season. Career, or I should say, I shouldn't say career high, but season high 25 points. Um, let me see. Season high 25 points. And that was his second game with 25 points on 50% or more from the field goal or from three. He was, and my thing is with Kemba, I know he's been struggling this year. All of us know that. All of us know that. But Kemba, he's getting to his spot. So it's not like he's just, he's just not doing what he used to do as far as getting the looks that he's used to getting. He's getting to his spots. It's just either they're not falling or he's taking it to the rack with two men on him because a lot of his shit this year i even saw a stat i tried to find the stat before i recorded it so i can incorporate that but a lot of his shots at the rim have been getting beat the stat that i saw they compared it to last year around the same time it's way higher than last year so it's like i don't know if it's if it's a mental thing for him but yesterday he was looking good all game um we just from what I saw in the Washington game, and I'll speak on this because this, of course, is yesterday, turnovers, not getting back on defense, not really putting in any effort, shot selection, and then, of course, our bench. Our bench was just garbage. In, the three, of, in three of those four losses, too, from last week, we gave up more rebounds. So, of course, that's going to either give up second chance points or, you know, with those, those safely taking bad shots, team is getting aboard. You know somebody's on a fast break boom you know what i'm saying so we can't we can't be giving shit up like that jason um jason tatum also struggled last week he did not shoot above 50 percent in at all during the five games since the last episode he averaged 20 points on 35 percent from the field 35 percent from the three which is heavily down from the week prior where he averaged 29 on 44 percent from the field 37 from the three and that was a shorter week, of course, so it's not not the greatest comparison. Three games versus five games. Last week, we played five. The week before, we played three games. But so still, I want to point out the fact that his numbers are down and he's not playing at his level. Um, even though he's been used more of a playmaker, at least in the past week, his, his assist numbers have gone up. Um, he's averaging nearly nearly around seven assists a game in that, in that uh, five-game stretch. Kimba has also struggled other than the Washington game. He averaged 17 points on 32% from the field, 47 from three. Again, that Washington game was his best game yet. And my thing with him, I just want to see that more because I know Jason and Jalen are going to play. At least Jason, he'll, he'll get, it, get it back going. Jalen was the best thing that we had going all week. He averaged 24 and 48% from the field, 32% from three. 
He didn't play well against Toronto. He shot like three for 14, had 12 points, but that game he did have 10 assists. So he picked up somewhere as he was lacking with the scoring. So he made up for that somewhere. And I and kudos to that. I just want to see how we're going to fare out in his next five games over the next week. I think we're going to go zero on five. I'm going to just put that out there. We got Denver coming to Boston, two games against Atlanta and Boston. Then we go on the road against Dallas and New Orleans. I think that's five L's waiting for us. Just, 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 just waiting patiently for us to get there. I'm just tired of seeing them play like this. You know, I've, I've seen the Celtics team play like shit over the years. Especially after Paul Pierce and KG left. That was a rough time. That was a rough little stretch. Then we lost Rondo. That was a rough stretch. I tried to watch the game yesterday before work. I'm thinking, okay, let me get my head together. We finna, you know, my last day of the week. I'm watching the Celtics game. We play at one. I'm, I'm working at three. I can, you know, watch a good chunk of the game. Game probably will come on around 1.30 because, you know, games don't really start on time. But I'm watching that game. And in my mind, I don't want to work. I'm like, damn, bro, I got to work about an hour or so, hour and a half, two hours, whatever. And then I'm watching us getting and beat the fuck down. Like, I'm like, not only do I want to work, that's in my brain right now. Like, I'm, I'm upset that I got to clock in soon. But not only that, my team is getting busted by Washington, who I think is the worst team in the league. So we're getting busted by the worst team that makes us the worst team. How about that? So I'm just... I don't know. Maybe is it Marcus Smart? Is he the it is he the it factor for us? Is he the reason why we're losing? If so, is he in the MVP conversation? I don't know. I'm just talking shit. But either way, I just want to see us play better, man. I really want our bench to give us more. I don't think our bigs are a problem no more. Um, as far as defending, grabbing boards, Daniel Tice has been playing great. Um, he's become our, our our shooting big, if you will. Tristan Thompson's down there crashing the boards, playing low post. I'm not at all concerned with them. It's our bench and our effort, at least in the past week that I've seen. Our bench, our decision-making, our shot-taking, like in that Phoenix game, Jason and Kimba were getting locked the fuck up. I just want us to just get it together. Danny Ainge, make a call. Get somebody. I know you're not at the house cool and watching, watching us dropping these games. Just like, all right, we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be cool. Ain't no time, bro. We got to do something. At this point, we don't need to be worried about no playoffs. Playoffs should be the last thing on our mind. We should be worried about what draft pick we get next year at this rate. Are we going to be in the lottery? Because we're playing like shit. And I'm me, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Y'all know I, I love my Celtics to death, man. I've been a fan for a grip. It's been a long time for me. I hopped on that bandwagon in 08 and ain't looked back since. And seeing us play like this, when I've seen us play better with, with teams that were not as good as this, it don't make sense. And I don't think it's Brad Stevens' fault. Like I've seen people on social media try to put it on Brad. What can Brad do? He not out there hooping? Blame Danny Ainge. This is the team he put together. And then blame the motherfuckers for not hooping. He, come on, bro. It's Brad Stevens. He's he's been here. I should say this. He's since he's been here, we've been in three conference finals. So it's I. Brad is not the problem. Brad can coach. That's a that's a gimme to me. It's the bench players. It's it's really all of the players. I'm not even just gonna put it on the bench because 
well, everybody except Jason, or not Jason, but Jalen, because Jalen was the only thing that was really consistent all last week. Jason, Kimba, and everybody else need to step the fuck up ASAP. Ace fucking sap. Up next, we're gonna move right along. I'm just, I'm just done with the Celtics right now. Like, when I tell y'all that pissed me off yesterday watching that game, and I kept coming back to the scoreboard, like, as I was watching the game on NBA's website. And then once it got to a point where we were like down 20, I closed that tab out. And I just, bro, I just, I just had to like just sit there for a second. Like, bro, these niggas are really ass. Really ass. And I kept coming back to the NBA website, check the score, and it just, it never changed. And once it got to the fourth and we were down 20, I'm like, yeah, that's an L. Because if we didn't make any, any, any progress in that third, that game is over. Just knowing how we play in the fourth game is over. So moving right along, we gonna, I'm just done with them. Up next, I do want to talk about the Utah Jazz and the recent success they've had and if that will mean anything in the postseason. So I'm going to start this part off with a question for y'all. Do y'all think the Utah Jazz, as, as it currently stands with how they played and how the Lakers have played, can the Utah Jazz beat the Lakers in a seven-game series? I understand Anthony Davis is hurt right now with the whole Achilles injury or aggravated Achilles tendinosis, whatever. I don't, I don't know, but I don't think the Jazz can beat the Lakers even without Anthony Davis. And I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go on record saying that I don't think the Jazz will beat the Lakers because I've always felt, I've always felt if you give LeBron just a little bit of help, it's a wrap for everybody else. Prime example, go back to the 2018 playoff run. And that's and to even to add on to that point, say if the playoff started today, you got the uh, Utah Jazz number one in the West and hitting the Lakers in number two. LeBron, when it comes to playing against number one teams in the postseason, he is six and two. Most recently beating the, the Toronto Raptors in 2018, where he swept them. Swept them. And I'll say it again, swept them. He's beaten a lot of number one teams in the playoffs, and that's no easy task. And he's done that six times. But I want to give the Jazz credit where credit is due. Of course, they are currently number one. Like I mentioned, 22 and 5. Best team, best record. Since January 8th, they are 17-1. and one. The only loss was against Denver, which was, um, they only lost by 11 points. So that game, it probably came down to, I didn't see this game, but it probably came down to a few possessions, and then it probably turned into a free throw game that kind of blew that lead out a little bit more. But currently, they're on a seventh game win streak as of today. And during that seventh game win streak, it just ironically was against all Eastern Conference teams, including Milwaukee, the, the shittiest team in the league, the Boston Celtics, and the Miami Heat. Um, and even before they lost to Denver, they were on a, on a, I think on a, if I'm not mistaken, an 11 game win streak. So in the last 18, they're 17 and one. Very good team. What I like from what I've seen for them, um, two things. They're not only a great offensive team. That's a gimme. They have a lot of great offensive weapons, but the two things I like about the Utah Jazz, they're a great team defensively, no matter if you're talking about guarding at the wing or you've got Rudy Gobert, Gobert, Gobert locking down the paint. Even Derek Favors coming off the bench, holding it down when, when Rudy goes to the bench. Currently, they're second for the least amount of points allowed. I think that should not go unspoken. 
top 10 in the league when it comes to fast point fast break points allowed. I think number nine to be exact. So they limit a lot of those fast break points. Like I mentioned, they have a lot of great wing defenders. Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles is a great wing defender. Donovan Mitchell is no sleeper. Mike Conley is having a great, like a resurgence on both ends of the floor. Um, I'm happy to see him hooping this year because last year, especially during that postseason, that bubble run, forget about it. Not only that, my other thing that I like about them, and this reminds me a lot of the like 2012-2013 Spurs, is that they move the ball a lot. Like it's no ISO game. It's not, you know, one pass and then the guy, you know, they they make they they swing the ball constantly. Now I even found a stat that was kind of interesting because I was looking at different things like their assists and different assist stats and things like that. But the one stat that I found to kind of solidify what I've been seeing and like confirm to me what I've been seeing is true um they're ninth in secondary assists and if you don't know what secondary assist is that just pretty much means the pass to assist so you know just making an extra pass to a guy that does end up scoring that just lets me know you know what I've been seeing because with every game that I've been able to see them play especially during the seven game win streak that they're on right now they constantly swing the ball around Constantly looking for somebody cutting to the rim, somebody opening the corner, swinging it around the key, or not the key, but around the top of the three. That just looking for the the next man. Like I really like their offense because they're getting everybody involved. Three of their starters are averaging nearly five assists. That lets you know how how. Let me say this: they have a lot of playmakers on that team. A lot of great two-way players, but a lot of playmakers as well. And to me, that makes that team very deadly especially with how Mike Conley is playing this year. I think as it stands, if you look at every team in the league, especially the, the, the current playoff teams, I feel like they're the, per, the the most perfectly constructed team in the league because you've got such a talented starting lineup, guys that can really do a little bit of everything. I mean, I, the only thing I don't like is that Rudy Gobert is not much of a scorer, but he doesn't really need to score. He's either going to get you them dunks, some lobs, whatever, second chance points, but that's more so your defensive anchor. So I'm not really looking at him to score. I know people have a problem with how much he gets paid and then the fact that he averages only like, I think something like, a, like less than 15. I'm going to just put it at that. It was something like 11 points or some shit, but um. I really like how constructed that team is. Again, like that bench, they have a lot of depth on that bench. I think Jordan Clarkson should be sixth man of the year. Um, just with the way he's been contributing to their success. Some people I've been seeing, some people say, oh, Eric Gordon should be sixth man or Dennis Schroeder or, you know, or not Dennis Schroeder, I'm tripping. That's a whole season ago. But, and some other players, but I'm thinking like, do y'all not see what Jordan Clarkson is doing for the Jazz? Like. I think he's averaging nearly around 16, 17 points a game. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think not only is that his career high as far as his averages, his his numbers have also gone up, gone up in free throw percentages and three-point percentages. He's had some really good games against teams like Denver, Atlanta, Dallas, Minnesota, um, and a few other teams that I've been able to watch him play against. And he's just, just been a consistent score for them all year long. And not only that, somebody that's gonna move the ball, somebody that's gonna get out and defend, and I just don't see why he shouldn't be sixth man of the year, if not in that conversation. So we'll have to see how that plays out. If he can consistently keep this going, which I think he will, just seeing how he's played all year. And then just seeing how good Utah is, I think with, with the way they've been playing, he'll be able to keep that up 
it's just a matter of can they hold hold a team like the Lakers in the playoffs. And I, again, I don't think they'll be able to do it because, like I like I've mentioned before, and I'll say this forever: you give LeBron a little bit of help, you're in trouble. Like with or without Anthony Davis, that that squad has enough to beat the Jazz. So I think it'll really just come down to who defends who better because they both have to me the best two of the best defenses in a league I think Utah just has a slightly better offense than than LA because Atlanta or not Atlanta but LA from from what I've seen they struggle a lot especially in the start of games and they have to claw their way their way back into to the game to have a chance they've had quite a few games like that this year so I think yeah yeah Utah has the the better offense but the Lakers may have them on defense so I think it'll come down to who can defend who better if, if we're looking at both teams fully healthy. And again, it's gonna come down. I think it's gonna it's gonna go to the Lakers. It's go to, I don't know. I don't I don't think the Jazz can beat them. I just based on history, based on history, and then the fact that LeBron has who he has on the Lakers, and then if you get Anthony Davis healthy by the time a Utah and LA series happens, it's it's sheesh. It's gonna be over for the Jazz. But let me know what y'all think. I personally don't think they have a chance. To each his own i think of course some may may believe in it because of the regular season success but if there's anything that i've learned from say for example 73 and 9 warriors the toronto raptors in 2018 the celtics were the number one seed um with i think with isaiah thomas i think it was i could be wrong with the year but it may have been 2017 that don't mean shit if you got to match up with lebron <laughs> like lebron is be all three of them teams and that's just recent history you can go further and further back. LeBron will, that don't mean shit. Number one, you can have, you can be 82-0. You match up against LeBron, you better be on your P's and Q's. I I would love for the Jazz to beat the Lakers because that means no championship for the Lakers. But if I'm being unbiased, if I'm being realistic, I don't think the Lakers are going to let the Jazz beat them. So. Again, let me know what y'all think about that. As always, tell y'all if y'all got a you know response to that, let me know on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, any way you can find a way. Let me know what you feel about the Jazz and what what the future may hold for them. So we're gonna go ahead and get into the next and final topic for today's podcast. Keep it kind of brief, not too much to dive into. I do want to talk about somebody in particular with this topic, but MVP watch, hashtag MVP watch. I want to update my list as far as MVPs. I think I may have mentioned, um, I know LeBron and Joel are in my list, but um, KD is also in my list. I feel like the, the Nets are nothing without him, even though, granted, even though, if you look at the games he didn't play, they're not that bad and it's not a big sample size. They're four and five without him, slightly below the, that .500 and 12 and seven with him. I don't think that necessarily makes or breaks his MVP argument, but from what what I've seen when they don't have him they're missing just so much on both ends of the floor and I think if you if you want to make a run in the east you have to have KD even though again I think they even beat in that in uh, in the games that he didn't play I think they even beat Philly in some of those games I need to go and look I could be wrong with that but they I think they had a few playoff teams in that little stretch that they did end up beating I just don't think you can last without him in a seven game series so I definitely feel like KD should be in that MVP conversation but not only him I also think Damian Lillard should be in that list um seeing the way he's performed this year 
I think I said this on the first episode of season three that I think Damian Lillard could be in the MVP race. I still think that, especially seeing that how he's played, especially, I hate to keep using the word especially, but especially since CJ went down. Now, if you compare the games with CJ versus the games without, eight and five on both sides, but Damian's numbers have gone up. The Blazers are currently 16 and 10. They also don't have Yusuf Nurkic, haven't had him for 14 games, so you're missing two of your starters. Um, they're on a four-game win streak currently. Out of the last six, they've won five and seven of the last nine. Again, I, like I mentioned, his numbers are up. He went from 28 points to 31 points a game. Assists are slightly up. And and not to mention, not to give not to give Dame all the credit because Melo, Gary Trent, and that's cancer. Bringing cancer back has definitely been beneficial for them, but they've also stepped up too. But I just think with the way Damian has been playing all year, he's only missed one game this year. They would not be 16 and 10 if they didn't have Dame. Now, say if CJ was the one healthy and Dame went down, they would not be playing as good. I just highly doubt it. So, to me, it's MVP is not. Some people look at it as the best player on the best team. I look at it as would your team be as good without you? That's how I, I determine if you're the most valuable player, especially if you are having a great year statistically like somebody like Dame or LeBron or KD or Joel, but how successful would your team be without you? That's how I determine MVP, and that's why those four guys in my MVP list. But again, I think Damian Lillard should definitely get more recognition and more consideration for that MVP award because of how he's been playing. With uh, CJ out and Yusuf Nurkic out, he's taking more of a more responsibility on offense and it's it's showing especially with the games they've been winning um over the past few weeks i think we need to start paying more attention to him i'm definitely gonna be watching more blazers games that's definitely on my list between them and phoenix those are two teams i want to start watching more of started back um or i should say i started catching up on phoenix games a few days ago and that's that's somebody i want to talk a little bit more about probably next week um as far as like their chances in the west we won't talk about that today but yeah, I want to, again, want to know who y'all are considering for MVP based on what y'all have been able to see. Again, my list is LeBron right now is number one for me. Uh, Kevin Durant, number two. Joel, number three. Joel was number one for me a few weeks or last week or whatever. But, and Damian Lillard is definitely in my list too. So, I'm going to leave it at four right now. I couldn't find a fifth player that I would put in the MVP conversation. Um, I'll probably do a little bit more thinking and, and kind of figuring out who would I consider to be in that race. But right now, as it stands, those are my four. Um, yeah, we just got to put more respect on Dame's name. I hate that I rhyme, but again, let me know what y'all think about what we talked about today as far as MVP watch. What do y'all think about the Jazz coming out of the West and their chances against the Lakers? Do y'all think, am I tripping to think that the Jazz don't have a chance? And anybody that wants to talk about Boston and what the fuck they been doing or what have they not been doing I should say and any of the quick recap if y'all want to talk about anything that we discussed today again follow me on Twitter Project Recap on Instagram the, or damn I got my socials all messed up Twitter The Recap Project Instagram Project Recap come over to Camp Island Studios make sure you sub to the YouTube and to the Twitch we're going live tonight we're probably going to be playing some games tonight I think I've got GTA on hand we're definitely going to be playing some of that um Probably a lot of GTA. I might get on Call of Duty. You may play a little 2K, but GTA will definitely be in heavy rotation for tonight's stream. So we'll probably start around 7 to 8 for the stream. Um, 
So yeah, um, I tried to keep this episode not too long. Wanted to keep it, of course, about three topics. Tried to aim for about 30, 40 minutes. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad we were able to come back back to back weeks. Another episode down. Next week, episode four will be coming. No title yet, but we'll definitely release that information probably as the weekend gets here and, you know, put out the the name and, and, and everything dealing with that. But as always, guys, I appreciate y'all tuning in for another week of Project Recap. Working on getting more consistent with this, so definitely look out for next week's episode. We'll release information about that as far as the name and everything probably this coming weekend. But come check us out tonight on Twitch. We'll be streaming tonight and tomorrow, so... As always, guys, it's your boy T.Y., and I'm signing out. What you gonna do, brother?